You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 63 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. BrandonRendiniFitness.com, where fitness and lifestyle go hand in hand. I'm your host, Christian, as always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You. And Stack Guy Ryan. What up? All right, fellas, here we are. It's Sunday morning, uh, doing our usual ESPN Sunday night pod where we record before the game to get it to you uh, before the broadcast tonight. It has not been a pretty few days for New York Yankees. Uh, this was supposed to be a big test for them. Heading up to Boston, and uh, there's no other way to say this, but they've failed that test thus far. Yeah, uh, it's it's one thing when the Yankees are struggling, and you know it's been a couple weeks, and they turn it around. But you know, the more you look into this, the more you realize this is not just a rough patch. Um, this is an extended period of time now. This is. This is a quarter of the season where they've been playing now under 500 almost. Cuz cuz I mean they're what 18 and 19 in their last 37 games I think. Those the numbers are uh That's that's a that's a significant amount of games. That's a quarter of the season, no? But somebody tweeted this yesterday that they started 2017 was it 21 and 9? Right. And they finished 2017 20 and 8, and then they played 50 and 54 baseball the rest of the season. Well, this is what I was going to say. So, if they, that's why I'm not that, I mean, I'm concerned. Don't get me wrong. I mean, how many times have we been on this show saying their X games over 500, they're blah, blah, blah? It's concerning now that they're on a four game losing streak. They picked the absolute worst time of the season to go on this rough stretch where they could have made a dent. In Boston's lead and shown that they were going to be real contenders for the ALE's crown. But for them to say that they're not going to make the playoffs now, I still think that's a big stretch to get there. Because if they have another hot streak where, what did they go, 17-2 and two or something like that? NBA yeah, NBA? something like that. Are they not capable of that again? With the schedule they have coming up in front of them after they leave Boston, are they not capable of that? Here's so if they go out there and they put it together in a stretch like that, they'll... I mean, that's, that'll get them to where they need to be to at least ensure them of getting into the wild card. Team. Here's my thing, and, and I'm not saying that this team isn't a great team, because I think they are, and I, and I think they've proven that in many ways this year. Um, but here's my only concern, and I, and I kind of think back to last year when I say this, and, and maybe it takes us back to the fact that this team might not be there yet at World Series caliber type team because I feel like for the second year in a row, we don't know the identity of the New York Yankees, right? It's like part of the season where like, 
I don't know. And then they start to get hot and it's they're the best team I've ever seen. And now it's like, well, this has been almost 40 games where they've plateaued now. What are they? Are they ready to make that run? They're still record-wise the third best team. In, I mean, they dropped with this four-game series and Houston has overtaken them, but they're still the third best team in Major League Baseball. But Christian, is, that, is that a reflection on other teams in baseball? This team still has a, a 630-something winning percentage. But Christian, you have to remember something too. And I, and I get that, and that's all great and fine, and, and I'm happy about it. But there was a point in time where you texted me, Ryan, and, and you screenshotted a picture of the standings when the Yankees had a four-game lead in the loss column over Boston. And you circled it, and you said, they can't give this up now. Yeah, they can't. And, they and, how, and how many games back in the loss column are they now? Seven. Okay. Seven games. Seven games. So that's an 11-game swing. That's a lot of games. And I know the Red Sox, and, and we'll get to this in the show when we get to it, that I have to eat my words because now they, they've proven me wrong from last episode, that they've shown me why they're, they're the best team in baseball. But I know they're playing great, but an 11-game swing for a team that is at one point looked like the best team in baseball, that's a lot of games, man. And that's, that's what concerns it me. It is and it isn't. And I'll preface that by saying, all these other teams in the league are going through this. Houston has their losing streak. Seattle has a losing streak. I don't even care about any of the teams in the, the National League. And I'm not saying that to be an American League elitist, but they're not on the level. The teams in the National League are not on the level of the Red Sox, Yankees, Astros, and even the Mariners and A's. They're just not. They're not on the no. same level. But all these other teams are going through their losing streaks. Well, the, the problem is... And the Red Sox are not, so... You know, Seattle's on a five-game speed right now. Yeah, so that's what the that's what the Yankees are dealing with right now. They have there's no room for error. They have they cannot stub their toe, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're, because Boston is on pace to win 112 games. Teams don't win 112 games in a season. And listen, and the Yankees can still win over 100 and finish 10 games behind Boston. How insane is that? That the Yankees can still win 100 games this season and be 10 games worse. Than the Boston it's Red just Sox. unfortunate. But the problem now and, and the reason for concern now is not just the team ahead of us doesn't lose, but the Oakland A's haven't lost. I mean, now they're not losing. So that's where... the talent to sustain this, though? No, I don't think so. But as, as of right now, I mean, when your team, when, when you look at the Yankees and they can't, they can't win a game right now, and the Oakland A's can't lose, and the Red Sox, the team ahead of you, doesn't lose, it gets, you know, it gets a little scary. You start looking at the standings, and you go, is it likely? No, but could the Yankees get knocked out of a wild card spot? It could happen. It could. I don't think it's going to. I don't see it either. But it could. They're still seven games better than the Mariners in the lost column. Yeah, well, I also don't want to fly to Oakland or Seattle out to play that wild. I can't believe they're flying that late in the season. Oh yeah, we just looked this up. The Yankees are going on a six-game road trip starting on Labor Day for three versus Oakland and then three versus Seattle. I mean, I this is just what we go back to. I'm not saying this because it's a Yankee thing. I would think it was stupid if Boston had to do it. Yeah, 
East Coast teams should not be on the West Coast and vice versa in September. I agree. Not Honestly, not even after mid-August. I think that that has to stop. August should be the cutoff for cross-country trips. You should be in your division or at worst playing. A East central- Coast teams should be on the West Coast during the beginning of the year to, to help with the weather concerns on the East Coast. And, and you know what? That makes it best for everyone, I feel like. And now they, now you're telling me late in the season the Yankees have to fly cross country and play and play six more games against two teams that they're battling with? And then go to Minnesota after those six games. Minnesota. I mean Oh yeah, that's right. That's a nine, a nine game stretch. Yeah. But you know what? When you look at the big picture right now, you know, gearing up for the end of the season, the Yankees have a schedule now where they can really take advantage of bad teams. And they need to do it. They need to go back on their stretch where they weren't losing series. And that's really what this comes down to. They need to go back to their to winning series and taking Just keep care of business. Two out of three in the bank. Yeah, that's two it. Out of three in the bank. Just keep doing that. Keep doing it. And you they don't have to sweep Texas. No. You don't have to sweep Chicago. Just keep putting two out of three in the bank. And, and it's going to add up. And they have a schedule that allows that now. And when you look at the big picture, that's where you have to kind of take a deep breath. And realize that this team still has talent. Judge Judge will be back soon. The Yankees said, uh, I think it was the beginning of this week, that he's ahead of schedule to come back. No, it means that it might not be more than three weeks. You know what? And I'm gonna and I tweeted this last night, and I'll say it here on the show. They cannot get panicky and rush him back. He needs to come back when he's a hundred. Yeah, of course, because we don't want a situation like Sanchez where he comes back and then he's back on the DL for a longer period of time now. We need him ready for the playoffs. Because at this point, if Aaron Judge has a setback and goes back in the DL, he's done for the, he'd probably be done for the rest of the year. And that would hurt bad. The Yankees are the Yankees without Judge in the lineup at some point in the game, the Yankees are four and eight this year. So and that just goes to show what he does for this lineup. You were, you mentioned it earlier, and I wanted to bring this up, and I think it's a good segue into this. What are the Yankees? What are the 2018 Yankees? People got ahead of themselves, and we talked about this on this show throughout the offseason. What are the expectations for the Yankees coming off of 2017? They arrived early. It's It's... An anomaly that they came out here and rebuilt this team in less than a year. It doesn't happen like that. How bad did the Cubs have to be to suffer 100 lost seasons, terrible baseball, before they got good enough to be a playoff team and win the World Series? Well, you wrote an article back in the beginning of the year that everyone should really go back and read because you talked about the fact that the, the, 2000, the success of 2017 is haunting the 2018 team because... The success they had was, I don't want to, it wasn't a fluke, but it just doesn't happen that easily. And now we expect so much out of this team. And if they fall short, I mean, you're completely disappointed because realistically we can sit here and say, yeah, you can't expect them to do this or that. But guess what? Because of what happened last year, this team better be back in the ALCS at at the minimum. But is that fair to expect it's not. it? It's not. Because you have to because I'm not I'm not saying this because they're in a downside right now and try to deflect anything off of them. 
this is still a team that's being built. Right. This is not a finished product right now. The, the Boston Red Sox are a finished product. Right. They have to win the World Series in this year or or even next year. I know Kimbrell is going to be a free agent at the end of the year. So this is probably their best shot to win a World Series right now. We want the Yankees to win the World Series. We have expectations that they can win a World Series. But in, in realistic terms, they don't have to win the World Series this year. This is still a team that's being built, okay? There's still things that need to come together. And you saw the biggest clue of that in the offseason when they let Joe Girardi go to bring in a novice as the manager. If, the, if Brian Cashman really thought in his heart of hearts that this team was done, completely finished, being built, Joe Girardi would still be the manager because he would not stick Aaron Boone at the helm of a team that he knew was at the end of its run. He did it because this is the beginning of of the Yankees running. He wanted a manager to grow with his team. Is that not fair to say? Yeah. And it is fair to say because by next year, by 2019, that's really when this window is fully open. When he rebuilt, when he quote rebuilt this team, it's almost a stupid thing to say because of how quickly they got back and all the talent that's on this team. But when Cashman decided to rebuild this team, what, didn't everything we hear was maybe they can contend for a second wild card in 2017 then maybe, you know, step it up a little bit. But 2019 was always the year that they were expected to be an elite ball club. Wasn't that the thing that we always kept hearing? Yeah. That 2019 was, gonna, was supposed to be their year? Yes, but are we just supposed to then give up the expectation that this team needs to be in the World Series this year? No, I'm not saying that we should give up the expectation, but you need to put it in perspective. That it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. This isn't the Yankees' best chance to win a World Series this year. No. You still have to... Boston's best You have to still realize that Luis Severino, as great as he is, and I know he's still in a slump, and we'll get to that later in the show, this is only his second full season being a starter in Major League Baseball. Aaron Judge has not played two complete seasons in Major League Baseball. Greg Bird has not even played a quarter of a season in Major League Baseball. Labor Torres didn't even play minor league games last year because he was hurt in May. Miguel Andujar. The list goes on and on of all these guys that are not yet seasoned MLB professionals. And It I, takes time to get to a certain... The only thing that gets you to be a seasoned MLB player is playing Major League Baseball games, which... Honestly, this team has not done a lot of. And I'm glad you brought that up because it goes back to last week when I kept asking why. Why are the Red Sox this much better? Why are they performing so much better? And I saw it with my own eyes over the last three games. I saw my answer. And the answer is that, yeah, at every at every position in their rotation, in their bullpen, they might not be the best, but they have guys who are ready, who are fundamentally sound, and who play good baseball. And they don't make many mistakes, if if any at all. And the Yankees are, are not the complete opposite, but you see the holes and you see the flaws. Outside of Ben Benintendi, who's the rookie young player on that ball club? They're all relative veterans. You even said it before we started recording. But Mookie Betts has been on this team since 2014. That's oh, unbelievable, man. The so year he's, he's had, had 
So if he came up in 14, 14, 15, 16, 17, this is his fifth year playing Major League Baseball. Yeah, he wasn't here the a full year in 14. 15 was his first full year. But, yeah, I mean, 14 is when he got his feet wet. And now he's now it's 2018, and look at the kind of player he is right J.D. now. J.D. Martinez is a veteran. Mitch Moreland's a veteran. They brought in Ian Kinsler, who I re, I know he's on a DL now, but Jesus, didn't he look like the Ian Kinsler from Texas yeah. coming back? I mean— Jackie if, Bradley Jr. doesn't hit well, but he's a stud outfielder. I mean, he always makes the plays out there. This is still this is a very this is a veteran laden team where the Yankees are still young outside of Gardner. They're young in every position. Even a guy like Hicks, I mean, Hicks has been around a few years, but he's still a young guy that it, has not had a full. Still, Aaron Hicks still has not had a full year as a starter in Major League. Answer this question just off the top of your head. Just throw a number out there. How many more hits would the Yankees have had this series so far if they were playing a team that wasn't as fundamentally sound in the field as the Boston Red Sox? I could think of probably four or five right off the top of my head. They might. They probably. I'm not saying they would win Friday's game, but if you know, they have a few. They might have a few more chances to score some runs. Yeah, I mean. The, the worst part of Friday's game, and you know you knew that this was going to set the tone for the rest of the series, when the Yankees were up, what, 4 nothing to start that game? 4-1. to 4-1, to and then it just completely turned. Before we start breaking down the games, let's just finish what we were talking about here. We're, we're, this is something that it, it annoys me, because I don't understand the mentality of it. Maybe you guys could explain it to me. Every, I won't say everybody, but it's the vocal minority, I guess you could say, of people on Twitter because the ones they're the ones that speak out the most. Every time the Yankees lose, it's Aaron Boone's fault. Right. But I asked a very simple question on I think it was Friday. If he gets the blame for when they lose, does he get the credit for when they win? And nobody wanted to answer the question. Right. Well, but, but here's my point. If you blame Boone for their losses, does the manager get credit for their wins? Because he should, if that's your mentality. All right. Here's how I'll explain this to you. I'm a firm believer in the fact that when a team's winning, I don't care who you give credit to. Okay? You want to give credit to the manager? Fine. Usually the manager is only going to get credit when he has a team that shouldn't be winning as much as they are, like Kevin Ketch. Okay, but when a team who has proven their skill and has a record like the Yankees have, and then they go through a rough patch, I'm not sitting here and blaming Aaron Boone by any means because I'm a huge supporter and I've been fighting people who are blaming him. But when a team's struggling, I think it's the manager's job to take on that burden and to take on responsibility. And I understand that. But it's the people who break down every game. He can't do this. He can't do that. No. You have to look at the big picture. And the big picture is he can't control what his players do on the field. He can't control their performance. He can't control the fact that he put in Jonathan Holder, who had a 2.06 ERA going into that game, and gave up six runs or whatever in one inning. He can't control that. If you want to look at the big picture and say Aaron Boone needs to, Aaron Boone has hit 
the most adversity he has hit as a manager all season right now. And the true test of a manager is how he handles it. So if the Yankees go on and miss out on the playoffs and don't make a competitive run, and then you want to tell me that Aaron Boone isn't the man for the job, I'll probably sit here and agree with you. But do not tell me right now that the Yankees are 18 and 19 in their last 37 and it's Aaron Boone's fault. Because it's not true. Does he make mistakes? Absolutely. Is there a world of growth that is still there for him? Absolutely. Is he perfect? No. Does he have flaws? Yes. But it is not Aaron Boone's fault that this team is not performing right now. But here's, here's what I don't understand. What did the fans want Aaron Boone to do? Do they want him to act like a jerk-off like Alex Cora does? Do they want that? Because I'm telling you right now, as a Yankee fan, I'd be embarrassed if Aaron Boone acted that in that same Oh, my manner. God. Forget it. But is, that, but is that what they want? Do they want him to sit at a, at a press conference table and take shots at opposing players? Do they want him to then take shots at his own players? Because I'll tell you what, that's not what Brian Cashman wants because that's why Aaron Boone got the job. Because that's not how Aaron uh, Brian Cashman sees his manager should be. I mean, there's little things. And I said it out loud. And at the same second I said it, you texted it the other day. I wanted, after the Yankees were down 4-1 to one in the ninth yesterday. It was 4 nothing at the time. 4 nothing at the time. There were a few bad calls that Yankee players weren't happy about. He should have won. And at that point, I wanted to see Aaron Boone after Gardner was. Yes, he should have. I wanted Aaron Boone to get rung up at that point. And you know what? Would they have won? Who knows? I'm not saying that that's why they lost. But that's where I understand where people want more out of him. But don't sit here and tell me that he's not fired up. Just because you here's here's what I love. The notion that Joe Girardi was some badass that Aaron Boone isn't because of what you hear. Let me tell you something. Tell me when Joe Girardi ever took a player and threw him up against the wall and said, you better wake up and blah, blah, blah. In Miami, he did. What, to Sanchez? No, in Miami when he was a man. Oh, oh, in Miami. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't mean that literally, but... uh, just because you don't see Aaron Boone scolding his players in the dugout doesn't mean that he's not talking to this team. And you know what I really love? Here's another thing. I was going to cut you off, but Joe Girardi is such a tough guy. Joe Girardi didn't want his pitchers throwing back after to retaliate yeah. when the Yankees got hit. Right. So tough guy, Joe Girardi. Right. Right. What? And and you know what? Leading up to that game when Seve pitched, what was everyone saying? We need to brush back someone in the right. You don't have to hit them. You need to brush them back and show them that they're not going to hover over this plate and just wait for a pitch. And what did Severino do the first pitch? And it wasn't even that far. It really wasn't. It was so ridiculous that there was a warning given. But regardless, you know what I loved about Aaron Boone that showed me what kind of a manager he is? When he took the ball from Severino and he stopped him and you... I won't say exactly what he said, but you can go back and read his lips. And he, what he told him was he looked into his ace's eyes, a guy who has been struggling. And he let him know that he appreciated what he just did for this team. Because once again, Seve didn't have it. And he found something that night. 
and he fought back and he kept his team in the game. And Aaron Boone let him know that he appreciated him working his ass off for this team. He threw the most pitches he's thrown all season in that game. Yeah. Wow. So you, everyone out there may look at this and see some nice guy who only shakes hands and doesn't speak up and whatever, but I'm sorry. It's just, that's not, you don't know. And, and you know what? Neither do I. I'm not going to show Tory ever go out there and throw his players under the bus or, or start throwing things in the dugout. Right. You don't know what happens in the clubhouse. Stop, stop judging Aaron Boone's character and personality with this team based on what he says to the media and, and how he acts in the dugout. Remember something, people. I like, it, I like to keep it simple, okay? And a manager's reflection on his team is how many games they're winning. And they have the third best record in baseball. I don't care that they're struggling right now. Aaron Boone is doing a great job with a team that, like we just said, still isn't fully built in his first year as a manager with a world of pressure on his shoulders. No one can sit here and tell me that he's not the man for the job right now. And you know what? Yeah, that's what I'm gonna and say. no one can say that he is. Can we wait until there's no more games left to be played right. before we make that distinction? Right. Yeah, give the guy some more games. Like yesterday, oh, flooding my timeline. Fire him, fire him, fire him. I, I don't, I don't want to get my blood pressure boiling here, but I might get a little louder right now. I'm tired of what would George do? What would George do? Guess what? George Steinbrenner's dead. He's been dead for what? Seven years now? Yeah. It's time to move on. What would George do? You know what George did? We all romanticized George Steinbrenner as Yankee fans. Oh, the boss. We love the boss. Look what he did. The, George Steinbrenner's greatest strength to the Yankees was that he, he was the one that went out there and he spent money and he showed that, it's so, that he wanted to win, that he spent the money and did this and did but a lot of the time he often acted irrationally how many times did he fire billy martin three how many what did he do to yogi berra that yogi berra didn't come around yankee stadium for 20 years <laughs> knocked him out of a season after after he had 10 championship rings for the new york Yankees. i mean come on now doesn't this era of stability mean more right now that the Yankees have a plan in place, and just because they're going through a 35-game rough patch, they're not going to deviate from it. But if George Steinbrenner was here, would Glaber Torres be here, or would he trade him for Chris Archer? Right? Right. Would Aaron Judge be here? Because after 2016 and striking out 50% of his at-bats, you think George Steinbrenner would have had the patience to see him become a 52-home run rookie of the year right. MVP candidate? Who knows? Was he still alive with that Hayward trade? He was no, 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 no died right. in 2001. I bet you that he would have pulled the string on that. Do you know when the dynasty Yankees were built? The, when this team was actually constructed, the dynasty Yankees? What, 95? George Steinbrenner was banned from Major League Baseball. Yeah. And Gene Michael and Bob Watson put that team together. Yeah. When he had no say in personnel. And then when he came back, he tried to trade uh, tried to trade Mariano Rivera and Derek Jeter. Yeah, but he got talked right. out of it. So... Think about that. Just knowing that, aren't you glad that Brian that Hal is letting Brian Cashman do his own thing, and, and we don't have to worry about having six managers and three seasons? 
And you also, here's the thing, and it's a problem in this country, um, not just on a sports level, but in everything. And I know it's because of the technology at our fingertips and what we have available to us at every second of every day. But George Steinbrenner was a character in his day that was focused on so much because of, because of his actions. And we saw it more than any other owner. We saw every single thing he did. And in a world now where we have so much information coming in at, at all times, we now have an owner in his son, sons that aren't that, that, that aren't playing with the horses. <laughs> they aren't that outspoken guy like George Steinbrenner is. So guess what? We're not hearing stories like we used to hear about George. And, and to people, if they're not seeing it or hearing it, they mean that means to them it's not happening. They think and the only things happening in life are what they read on their computer, on their phone. We, again, don't know what Hal Steinbrenner does. We don't know how, how he acts or, or we just don't know. So stop comparing the two. In his father, you had a guy who was completely, the spotlight was on him at all times because he was a story. He was always a story. And Hal isn't. He doesn't want to. Give it up. Right. He doesn't want to be. And George ate it up. So let's stop the comparisons now. Let's move on from it. Or what? Is, or after? Well, I didn't see the game Wednesday. Uh, he, Glaber was really sloppy in that game, right? Fair. Yeah. And they were saying, "Oh well, what would what would Billy Martin do to Glaber Torres? Who cares? Who cares what Billy <laughs> Martin would have did to Glaber Torres? How, is that fun to you to see Reggie Jackson and Billy Martin have to be broken up by Elston Howard in the dugout kind where of. the manager and star player are about to fight each other? That's fun? I mean, yeah, that team won two World Series, but it should have been a lot more because they were so dysfunctional. And you also have a kid who's who – it's not an excuse, okay? It's not. But you have a kid who's playing a new position and is – Contributing to this team offensively, I know he's in a bit of a struggle despite his few home runs of late, but, you know, Torres' biggest issue, and, and I hate that Yankee fans, Yankee fans have one word that they throw out there so loosely to describe every player who doesn't do things right. Uh, does it rhyme with lazy? <laughs> it is lazy. Okay. Use your words correctly. Glaber Torres not covering second base on that one play, I think, on Friday night. That's not being lazy. That was one on the bun? I don't know what it was. Yeah, all right, all these games are meshing it to me. It was a ground ball to Didi. Didi laid out for it. It seemed like Torres might have thought that the ball was going to get through, so he didn't go to cover second base. Okay, so here's my point. That's not lazy. And it's, and it's what I said about Sanchez when I took back my words and I said, okay, maybe it's not lazy, but it's his mentality. These guys can't, it's not that Glaber Torres saw the play happening and went, eh, I know second base is right there, but screw it. I don't feel like hustling right now. No, what, what, what's wrong right now is that Glaber Torres before every pitch needs to think to himself, what am I going to do if the ball is hit to me? 
What am I going to do if the ball's hit to Didi right now? Or if it's hit to Andujar, am I covering second? And Torres isn't doing that enough. And that's why on that play, his first move, I don't care if the ball got up the middle or not. His first move when the ball's hit to that side of the field is to, is to run to second base and cover it. But because he wasn't prepared, he didn't get there. That's the issue. And if you want to put that on Boone, okay. But guess what? These guys play 162 games. When do you want them to sit there and go over the fundamentals that most teams like the Boston Red Sox who are ready and who are seasoned veterans and, and, and are here and ready to play that they just have instilled in them? That's the part of what we're talking about here, that this team is still young right. and still inexperienced. In the middle of a season, you don't have time to sit there and go over the fundamentals of what needs to happen on every play. It's not like football when you lose a game because right. of a certain mistake you made. You have the whole week to, to try and fix that mistake. You don't have any you don't have time to practice and right. You can sit with, you can sit with Glaber, you can you can go over video with him and, and talk about certain situations, but these things aren't instilled in some of these players just yet. His fundamentals aren't naturally there yet. He's right. He has to think too much, and that's something that, with the experience, should go away, and it should be more, you know, right. It's right something away. that it's instinctual, and you know yep. what you have to do. But baseball, man, it's a lot of thinking going involved. There's yep. a lot of different scenarios that can play out in every single pitch. Yeah. Well, think about it. Like he's 21 years old. Exactly. He didn't. He barely played baseball last year. The Yankees are asking him to learn a new position at the major league level. These are not excuses because some of the times you can see that. He's he's a little lackadaisical in his efforts. And I think part of that, too, is things have probably been so easy for him in his life on the right. baseball field. Yeah. When, you're a, when you are a prospect at a caliber of Glaber Torres, that means that you are the best of the best for your entire life. So who's real, especially, you know, he, where, do you, where is he from, Venezuela? Yeah, I think so. Ryan can look that up. I don't want to... <laughs> You know, be accused of being, you know, whatever, by not knowing his home country. But this is it's not like in America where he was. He's from Venezuela, where he was probably in a, an elite like prep high school and then went to college. You right. Know, he's, we know how some of these countries are. So yeah. he was probably everybody was just like watching him do his thing and never ever really. Sat with him to teach him right. certain fundamentals, right? And so, and, and now he's got to learn as being a major league baseball player for the New York Yankees how to do this. Stuff. And and again, you'll have your your fans and your listeners who sit here and say, "Stop making excuses." That's not an excuse. This team's in the middle of a pennant race. Guess what? I completely agree with you. But we're talking realistically here. We're talking logically. You have to expect growing pains at this point in. For this team, you right. still have to explain Just because games. they've shown greatness, just because they've shown how great they can be, doesn't mean that they're there just yet. Give this it time. Can still win a World Series this year. Christian, this team could not, this team could go five, four years, three years without winning a World Series and still have a handful of years with their window open. But that's my point, though. This season's not over yet. This team has shown the capability of being an elite ball club. They're not one right now for whatever reason that you want to say they're not. They're not an elite ball club right now, but they have shown the capability of being one. 
So for fans that are sitting there and saying, they have no chance of winning the World Series this year, they'll never win one with Boone, you don't know that. What is it? What is today's date? August 5th? You can't sit there and tell me that right now. I can't sit there and tell you that right. they will, but you certainly can't sit there and tell me that they won't because you don't know. The season's not over yet. Judge comes back. Sanchez comes back. Sebi finds his stuff again. Guess what? Now we're, now we're looking at a different ball club, and what if they roll out a, a 21-9 and nine stretch to finish out the season? I don't know. Is Aaron Boone a genius all of a sudden? Right. Can I, I want to ask a question, and – I just want to bring this up so I can clear the air on, on exactly what I meant by it. Um, as far as tangible things are concerned, name three things that are causing the Yankees this rough patch right now, as far as tangibles go. Terrible starting pitching, really bad fundamental defense, and a lack of timely hitting. Okay. What, are, what would your three things be? I wouldn't say this. I would agree with most of that. Uh, I think without having but to stop. Think, think deeper, though. Think, think why those things are happening. Okay. Who was our one constant in the rotation? Severino. And what's he doing right now? He's in the bed. Yeah, he's slumped. Okay. Who, who lengthens this lineup? What two guys lengthen this lineup, whether they're hitting 180 or 280, it doesn't matter. Uh, Sanchez. And where are they? Yeah, well, oh, he's not in the lineup. And where are they? On a disabled list. Okay. And who significantly improves this outfield when he's out there? Aaron Judge. And where is he again? On a disabled list. Okay. So so there's three tangibles right now that, that we can't do anything with. Right? But there's one intangible that I want to bring up. And I'm not saying he's the reason. I'm not saying that that he would be the solution right, by any means. By any means. All right, now but, when, but when you can't control the tangible things right now, maybe it's time to look into the, intang- the intangible things. When they sent Ronald Torres down for the second time this year, since then, this team is 22 and 19. I'm not saying it's because they sent him down, but maybe he's more than we actually even thought in that clubhouse. And what is the harm in calling him back up? Where's, who are you going to send down? I don't know. You tell me. Talk it out with me. I'm it gonna, could definitely happen. It could. I heard something this morning that the Yankees are going to bring him up tomorrow. That's really? what I heard. I heard that this morning. I haven't heard anybody verify it or anything, but that was a little scuttlebutt on Twitter that – uh, Voight's going down after the game tonight, and Therese is coming up. And you know what? I said it to you guys. I said it to a few people that within the week, you'll see Ronald Therese called up. Because in baseball, there's so many tangibles, but there's so many intangibles as well. But I, We all love Ronald Therese. I've spent so much time on this show saying how great he I is. I understand. And what, he means in, and what he means to this team because of... He can just step off the bench for not playing for three weeks and get a two-hit game. But he's not the reason they're struggling. I, I just said he I'm wasn't. Just, I know that. I'm just talking it through also. I said, I said there's there's tangible reasons that you can't fix right now. And how much – and I don't mean to demean him, but basically he's the team mascot. And how much of having the mascot around 
is going to make the Yankees play better. It's something. Is that gonna, is it's that gonna, some. It, that's an answer that none of us have because we're not in that clubhouse. But we there, know there Judge, is. There, we know Judge loves the guy. There is one answer though that all of us can say that this plateau happened when Ronald Torres was sent down for that final time. It that's when it happened. But as a baseball decision maker like Brian Cashman is, he had to go. Absolutely. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just giving you the facts because none of us know the truth behind what he brought to that clubhouse, what he can bring to that clubhouse. All I'm saying is... And Chris, to be fair, and I know your argument, but the majority of that time that you're talking about, he wasn't even with the organization. There, so he couldn't, he wouldn't have been here anyway. I understand. I'm not blaming anyone for having him in AAA. No, he wasn't even what, with the organization I understand that. We talked about it at length. However, what I'm trying to tell you is there's too many things right now with this team that you can't control. Sure, you can't you can't control Judge and bring him back too soon. You can't control Sanchez's groin. You can't control Sevy finding his stuff again. But you can control one thing that you had on this team when they were at their best. Whether it sounds crazy or not, that one thing was Ronald Torres being up in that dugout in, with this team. Sure. Well, I don't so why not? If, exactly. If it makes sense on a baseball level, I don't Why not? And that was my only point. I wasn't sitting there saying I'm all not this. I'm playing with one catcher to have Ronald right, Torres right. on. I wasn't sitting here saying this team's losing now because Ronald Torres isn't here. No. My point was let's take it back. When was this team at its best? When Glaber Torres got called up, right? We still have Glaber, but what what else was there during that time period that isn't there anymore? Who was a, obviously a big part of this team? You heard how upset and disappointed these guys were that he was leaving. And now it's time, I think, to just give him a call and have him back in this dugout and see what happens. All right, so right now the Yankees are playing with a four-man bench, which is odd for them because they usually don't. Right. So Voight was brought up to face the Sox left-handed pitching. I mean, I didn't really... I, don't know I didn't even recognize. I, like, I didn't even remember. out of him from Friday. Was it Friday? Who Thursday or Friday? He looks like a younger, smaller Gary Sanchez to me. Actually, he kind of... There was a picture of him where he kind of looked like Jason John. Yeah, the one picture he sent us. Yeah. He's he's a massive. He's probably going to play tonight. He's a massive say, individual right? too. He's a big boy. Yeah, he's going to play tonight. I would think so. That's why they brought him up here to face left-handed eight. pitching. Uh, so I guess he goes down tomorrow. So do the Yankees then revert back and want because they like the extra arm in the bullpen with the way this uh, this rotation has, has been performing? Do they need the extra arm? No, no. Excuse me, because then the other three guys. On the bench, you can't make an argument that Torres should be there over any of them because you need Higashioka. You have to have a backup catcher. Yeah. And whatever, there's still people out there that are blind to the fact that Neil Walker has actually played really well. You can't get rid of Neil Walker. They're blind that he's played really well? They're blind. There's still fans out there that are screaming that every time his name's in the lineup that the Yankees should DFA him. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and defend the guy. I don't think he's – I mean, he's he's an important piece to this team right now, regardless of his 
of his contributions offensively. I but he has had big hits. for him for several reasons. One, that they, they can't they have no maneuverability with him, so they has to stay on the team or they risk losing him. The fact that he can play first, second, and third. Right. And he's a switch hitter. I think out of all the things you just said, you would think the switch hitter aspect would be the biggest, but I think it's his uh, versatility in the field that's keeping him here right now. And I think it's the fact that he would get snagged up by a playoff contender if he wasn't here. Hmm. I think At this point, I, just, I don't think... How long is Kinsler going to be out for? A while. Yeah, but they have Brock Holt to fill yeah, in. Sure. I just... Too, right? No, he was nah, he's uh, played he was. a great game. Uh, I just think that with this new new day and age of baseball where guys are getting rests every single day, pretty much, it's nice to have a competent defensive player that you can throw in at third, second, first, whatever you want, and have him in this lineup as a switch hitter as well. And that's his value to this team right and now. And then your third option right now on the bench is Shane Robinson. Ugh. And yesterday when – I heard what you just did. Ugh. And yesterday when people moan and groan about Shane Robinson playing, well, guess what? Aaron Judge is hurt. And when people want to argue with me that it's not a big deal to lose Aaron Judge for three weeks, this is what you're left with. When Aaron Boone wants to give Stanton a day off his feet and DH him, this is what you're left with. And Shane Robinson. So now you can't have it both ways, people. It's either it's a big deal and this is or it's not and you and you live with Shane Robinson. And here's the thing too, right? I say this all the time, but even Gary Sanchez, he's batting, what, 188, 185, something like that, whatever. Okay, so everyone sits here and says, who cares that he's out, right? Even defensive, who cares, blah, 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 he's only batting 180. But guess what? Put yourself in the pitcher's shoes for a second, okay? Would you rather face Austin Romine? Who's hitting 260, by the way. Would you rather face Austin Romine with runners in scoring position or the game on the line, uh, you know, tied or up a run? Would you rather face Austin Romine in that situation or Gary Sanchez? I'm taking Romine 100 out of 100. 100 out of 100 times. I don't care what Gary Sanchez is batting because he's Gary Sanchez. And at any second, he can blast the ball 500 feet. Okay? Just that alone. Gary Sanchez got a guy deported this season. Ken Giles is not even in America anymore because of Gary Sanchez. <laughs> like, just think about it, right? Think about now you have a guy like that, no matter what his batting average is, and you have a guy in Judge who you're scared of no matter what, and both of those guys are now gone. Think about what that does to this lineup. Think about this lineup when Andujar and Torres were 8-9, and now you're 8-9 as Higashioka and Shane Robinson. And also, Chris, how about that stat you sent us the other day with uh, throwing guys out but, you know, behind home plate? No, I he did it. Yesterday. Christian did it. You know, I said this yesterday. Teams are running all over us now. Teams are running at will against the Yankees, and you and they're trying to blame the pitchers for not holding them on, at the, broadcast, on the broadcast. You know what? I guarantee you that the Yankees pitchers – don't hold on runners any better when Gary Sanchez is behind the plate than they are right now. But teams don't run on Gary Sanchez because they're, they, he is a legitimate weapon behind the plate with his arm. 
Here's, here's one thing I'm going to fight you on now. I'm going to fight you on this for just a quick second. A good team is versatile in the sense that they're prepared no matter what. So you want to talk about this team having depth and having a great backup catcher in Austin Romine? Then this team needs to be more prepared for that because you can tell the pitcher's focus isn't on holding the runners on enough because they know they have an arm in Gary Sanchez behind the plate. But guess what? Now you're seeing what happens when pitchers don't know how to hold runners on the right way and you don't have Gary Sanchez Andy behind Pettis the plate. Not on the staff. So who's Christian, you don't have to have a good pickup pickoff move to just throw the ball over three times in a row. Oh, geez, did you see some of the lollipops? It does. You're not getting it. And, uh, you're not getting it. Who's scaring anybody? You're not anything? getting it. I am getting it. You're letting the runner know. That you have an eye on him it's and that he can't get a good jump because you might step off and throw over. You don't, you have to, the only pitcher that I saw do a good job of it is Chance Adams. And why? Because he doesn't have the mentality of, I don't really need to worry about the runner because Gary Sanchez is behind the plate. These pitchers need to hold these runners on better because they don't have a, uh, an elite arm behind the plate right now. It is the pitcher's fault. I'm not saying that some of it's not on Austin Romine, but these pitchers, they let guys run all over them. Look at the jumps. Any, any catcher out there, there's very few that would have thrown out those runners. Gary Sanchez being one of them. But there's very few out there. These guys have to do a better job. But he gives a pass ball. He gives a pass ball. Yeah, how many pass balls have we seen with him out? People just focus. People just focus on Gary Sanchez because they want to rip him apart. Austin Romine completely whiffed on a ball the other day. That oh, no big deal. But if Gary Sanchez would have done it, Twitter would have lit up. And I still have a bad taste in my mouth for Gary. He still needs to come out and show me that mentally he's going to be a, a better baseball player when he comes back. I'm not sitting here and saying uh, I'm forgetting about what he did a couple weeks ago or a week ago, whatever it was. But what I'm telling you is, despite that. This team is a much, much, much better team with Gary Sanchez pen- penciled into this lineup and behind home plate. So, you know, everyone can argue me, and, and that's fine. We all have our own opinions, but you're, now you're watching what this team's doing without him, and that can't be argued. Teams are running all over, all over Romine. Yeah, it's the pitcher's fault, but again, these are guys that Sanchez probably still would throw out. And the lineup is definitely not as deep without Gary Sanchez penciled in. So now you're seeing it. All right. So I don't think we need to really dissect any of the games since the last time we talked. No. Right? I mean, it is what it is. It is what it is. We're on a four-game losing streak. Uh, first first of the season. Haven't won a game in August yet. By the way, anyone know their last four-game losing streak that they've had? Which was? Was it the West Coast trip last year? Nope. August 1st through the 4th. Same as this year. Started, started the month. What are they? 0-4 now? Uh-huh. Yep. So, same thing last year. I mean, this team this team will be okay. But it's got to... You, you're waiting for the moment for it to turn. We don't have to break down the games. that They haven't played well. And Boston has played well on every single level. All right, so let's do a couple quick things here then. Sonny Gray was finally removed from the rotation on, when did he last pitch? Thursday? Thursday. Gave up seven runs in two and two-thirds innings. I did catch the first two innings of the game. Things 
could have been better for him had the defense played better behind him. Mm-hmm. Could have been better. Okay. He, he's still at fault. But, the, I mean, if Glaber covers set first base, gets the out there, Shane Robinson plays right field. I mean, if Aaron Judge is playing right field, maybe that ball's caught. Things could have turned out. So do you think it was unfair to Sonny that he got pulled after that game? You know what? In July, Sonny Gray has the second lowest starters ERA for New York Yankees. Uh, Let me me actually re-ask that question. If Lance Lynn didn't come in and pitch the way he did, would Sonny Gray still have another opportunity in this rotation? I think that's a better question. Because... I think Lance Lynn pitching the way he did made the decision much easier for uh, the before, New York Yankees. Before that, Lance Lynn was uh, acquired the day before the trade deadline for uh, Tyler Austin. Thoughts on that real quick? Well, my thoughts were on the Yes Network. So. Yeah, true. For Spence. Well, for people that didn't see that. I think that getting acquiring him and acquiring Jay Happ um, – who has cocky mouth, whatever you call it, Koksaki. It's not Koksaki. It's not Japanese. It's Koksaki. Whatever it is, it's not cock mouth. (laughs) Uh, I think that Brian Cashman did it with the thoughts of October in mind. I don't think he did it because these players are going to be the the solution to winning the division. I think he did it with the the thought of these guys pitch well against teams that were going to Face in the postseason, and I don't have the numbers off my hand, but my tweet that was on the S Network said that Jay Happ and Lance Lynn's numbers combined against teams like Seattle, Boston, Astros, and uh, who am I forgetting? The Indians. They're twenty six and twelve with like a two eight nine ERA, and that's what Cashman has in mind. He wants to be able to go to guys who have success against the teams that they're going to face in October. I love the pickup of Lance Lynn. Yeah, 26 and 12 and uh, 309 innings pitched, 2.89. 2.89 ERA. I mean, that's what he he wants to know that if something happens where Severino's out there and gets taken out in the first or second inning, that his long his long options out of the bullpen have success against teams that they might face in October. And in that sense, those pickups were great. Not only in that, but that there's no, there was no one else available. The only person right now, because of his last two starts, that you can argue the Yankees should have been more aggressive with was Nathan Avaldi. But here's what I'll say to that. The guys had two Tommy John surgeries. The Yankees needed stability, not a liability. And who knows if that elbow is going to hold up by the end of the year? Who knows? Cashman wasn't going to risk that and give up big prospects for a guy that his arm might be shot for the final time. Is it working out right now for the Red Sox? Sure. But he was too much of a liability for a team that needed stability in their rotation. I don't have a problem with Jay Hattree. I thought that was a good move by them. He was the best available pitcher to the Yankees. There's no arguing that. Cole Hamels fell off the face of the earth. Um, I don't think that... I. I would not have touched Chris Archer, especially for what Hell no. they gave up for him. They wanted Sheffield. And he got lit up in his first start with them. He didn't even last five yeah, innings. They wanted Sheffield five. for a guy who hasn't had a sub-three, sub-four ERA 
since 2015, I believe. You're going to tell me that you have a problem that we're going to give up our number one prospect for a guy that we're going to put into this rotation who can't even pitch to under a four ERA right now. You're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. I like you. A dart. (laughs) You're crazy. Um, Yeah. So Lance Lane came over. What are your thoughts about losing Tyler Austin? Not a big deal, right? No. I, you know what? You have to look at it. You have to look at it like this. Tyler Austin is a guy who was pretty pretty exposed this year with his playing time, and and once he was exposed, he really wasn't a dominant force. However, Tyler Austin could still be a very serviceable player I in Major League Baseball. Thirty ish hitter. Oh, I think I think he has potential to be more. What two fifty? Yeah. Okay, maybe two fifty ish hitter with the, that, with some pop with in his some back. Pop that if he plays hundred and thirty games, can hit you twenty twenty. And you know what? Games. In most teams around the league, he could be a very big piece to their major league ball club. And with the New York Yankees, he was wasting away, and that's all that would have happened in Tyler Austin. Tyler, I think we can say what yeah. Tyler Austin is. He's a below average major league hitter with. Pop that when he gets hot, he can hit you, you know, four or five home runs right. a week. Yeah, and and you know what? That like I said, that's valuable to some teams out there. Dylan. And I, and you know what? I hope Tyler Austin gets his opportunity to to be a big league and player. He wasn't even called up. He's playing in Minnesota's AAA. Yeah, I think they'll call him up. And he hit a home run against Scranton. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm okay with it. I think a lot of Yankee fans were. I, I know there was some out. Oh, Lance Lynn back for him. We could have gotten much. No, you couldn't have. Who are you going to get for Tyler Austin? Lance Lynn. Right. You're going to get a guy. You're going to get a piece that isn't a dominant force, but who is going to help this ball club right now? If Lynn's numbers have been better recently. Uh, he was another guy that had no spring training. Yeah. He's been he's been really good of late. And so look, look I like what he, Lynn. I like him a lot. And I, and I tweeted this That's too. And, uh, you know, his first impression for the New York Yankees, not only did he pitch four and a third innings of, of no-run ball, but it was at a time when the Yankees had to pull their starter with a big four-game series coming up against the Red Sox. And what did he do? He, he ate innings, and he did it effectively. And that's what they want out of him. And the Yankees had a chance to win that game late. They yeah. You know, so you got to give one credit. Him. Yeah, he did a he did a great job in more ways than one. Great first impression. Yes. So no problem with Lynn taking over for Sonny Gray. Nope, I think Cashman did a great job. Great. Is Sonny Gray on this ball club in 2019? Absolutely not. You you will find you will find a trade partner. You're confident he will find a trade partner. One hundred percent. It will be the first move that happens. I don't know if it'll be the first thing on the list yeah. of things. I really do. I, I think it's going to be at the top of the list because he basically came out and say that they were looking to trade Sonny Gray at the deadline, but they shopped him. None of the trades uh, made sense apparently, which to me means that he was getting low balled. Not, well, who are the only two definites for the rotation next year? It would be Severino and Tanaka, right? The, uh, the other three spots are open. Well, Sabathia's a free agent. Half's a free agent. And even if you say Lynn, Lynn's a free agent at the end of yeah. the year, too. So, I mean, Yankees, I, they might keep Sonny. Look, if they don't acquire another pitcher, they're going to need Sonny Gray to pitch next well, year. They have no 
Here's they might have Sheffield, like now nah, Chef's going to get the call, and I think if I think Chance Adams is going to get more opportunities now. But here's the thing, and here's why Cashman didn't take some low ball offer for for Sonny Gray. You have a rotation built now that yeah is more stable, but going down the stretch, the Yankees are going to look to to really monitor these innings and keep these guys fresh. And it's nice to have Sonny Gray still as an option to put, to, to put into a game, uh, whether it be our starter not going more than two innings or, or it be a day where they want to give guys an extra day and they throw Sonny Gray into start. So if a team couldn't match that value, that he has right now to this team to give, to keep people fresh. Cashman wasn't going to take the deal. And I think that's exactly what happened. And there were even talks that Sonny Gray could pitch, uh, to start the game yesterday. People were, there were rumblings that that was just, it would never happen. That That would be idiotic. You couldn't have taken him out and then put him back in that. No, I think if, if Chance Adams really struggled early and was out in the second inning, you could have seen Sonny Gray yesterday. No. Not to start the game. Right. But the rumblings of that prove my point where all of a sudden within, within what, four days of his last bad start, we had a guy go on the DL. And you might need Sonny Gray for these, for these spots. Whether he's effective or not, he's a guy you could, he's a, he's a, Major league pitcher that you can put into these spots. I, I'd rather go with Gray than Luis Sessa. Yeah. No, not, How about this stat I just found role. here? Uh, when the, in his seven career starts when the Yankees are facing a sweep, Masahiro Tanaka pitches to a 209 ERA. Wow. And he's been brilliant. He also has his lowest career ERA in the month of August. He pitches to a 297 ERA. Not anymore. <laughs> Oh, in, a, in his entire career. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, t- I tweeted out, his month of July, yeah. his 1.75 ERA was the lowest month e- ERA in a month he's ever recorded in his major league career. No, not... Yeah, I know, you're talking cumulative. Yes. Yeah, I got you. Uh, and I mean, he proved that last year, too. So I think it was just a weird time. I mean, yes, the optics were bad for Sonny that... He, he gets on these little rolls where he gives you two or three good starts and he stinks again. And I think the Yankees were at a point where they had finally a viable option to replace him. But he was pitching to like a 3-8 ERA in July. Yeah. So it was just, he wasn't at his absolute worst. Are you talking about Gray? Yeah. He, he had a 3.44 in July. He was actually our second best. This was, oh, so it was even lower. It was lower, yeah. Well... Here, I think it was just the, the, I think it was just the timing. Like, I think that this team desperately needed to beat the Orioles in both of those games. And the fact that not only did he look embarrassed against a depleted lineup in the Orioles. Minor league line. Right. Not only was he embarrassed by them. It was also the fact that he only threw two and two-thirds innings going into a series where we need guys available. And he put this team at a really big risk. And Lance Lynn, yeah, picked him up big time. But what if he didn't? What if he didn't? And then all of a sudden, that next night, 
they're back in the bullpen in, in the fourth inning. Which they were. Which I mean, they were. The fact that Lynn had a pitch in that Baltimore series, it, it took him away from starting yesterday's game. Right. You know? So it, that was a really bad loss. So it was. It, it no, was I think it, yeah, I think it had a lot to do with then just having him just spiral having down. All of, all of it added up. Yeah. And it was just like, you know what? We can't have a guy out there that we can't trust. And I'm not even talking about winning games and being dominant. I'm talking about a guy who can't even we can't even rely on to give us five that. innings. You always say that. You say you don't care about you know the runs he's given up. If you can go five or six innings and allow those four runs, you know at least you're eating up some innings. He's not even doing that. He's had so many starts where he hasn't even gone four and a third innings. I know that Brian Cashman loves his international bonus money, but I thought it was a little bit of a curious move to trade Adam Warren for international bonus money. Because you could see it on days like, you know, the past couple of days where CC doesn't give you and in, get into the fourth and and graze out in the third. That's Adam Warren's role. Yeah, but you have to understand. So you're against the Warren. I thought it was curious. I what I. But you but you have to understand something from from Cashman's perspective. He picks up Lance Lynn, right? We didn't know Jay Happ was going to miss a start this early. We didn't know that Sonny Gray wasn't going to pick it back up. But how many, how many of these long guys are you going to keep in your bullpen? If, if Cashman found the opportunity to help this team with that international money. No, it absolutely. That's what it, at, that, at that point in time, Warren was expendable. This is tw- this is you know hindsight being twenty twenty here that you're saying now that I still thought it was a curious move. Yeah, it's it's curious, it's curious, but I still think he was he you know these other guys in the pen made him expendable, and Cashman saw his opportunity to get more money. And he's not a bum pitching to he was pitching to an under three ERA here. Cashman said to himself, "I can't make a big splash with with the market right now because guys want too much for not enough return." So where can I maximize my talent in, in acquiring guys? And one of those moves was Adam Warren being dealt for international money. Great. I and he had to do it. He didn't have to do it. Yeah, he did. No, I mean, he didn't have to. It wasn't like a necessity that he no, had to but trade him. At that point in time, I, I think he felt it was the best move for this club. And that's what, and even though I'd say it was a curious maneuver, it's still one that you have to respect the hell out of Brian Cashman for because he's out there making trades not only to improve the 2018 team, but future Yankee teams. Right. So he, even though he knows that he has a team that could win a World Series this year, he's not just settling and thinking, oh, well, I've got to do everything to win this year. No, he's thinking, I want to sustain this for 5, 10, 15 years. Right. Chance Adams, Major League debut yesterday. I thought he was really good. I thought he gave this team exactly what they needed. He was thrown into one of the most difficult situations you could possibly imagine uh, for a 23-year-old to come into a pennant race, if you want to call it that, at Fenway Park against the best team in baseball. Five innings, three hits, three earned runs, two strikeouts on. Only, he only, get, he didn't get rocked. Only Yankee starting pitcher this year to throw at least five <laughs> innings and only give up three runs to this offense at Fenway Park. No other Yankee starting pitcher has done it. So he's been the most competent guy at Fenway Park up until uh, who who pitched yesterday? What do you mean? Who? Oh, it was him. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean. 
I thought he did great. And you look at his start a lot differently if the offense is scoring runs. Right. And you know what? His mistakes were minor league mistakes that he made to this team that's very dangerous. I think the only real mistake that he made was to throw another Mitch slider Moreland. to Mitch Moreland. Because, I mean, yeah, he gave up a home run to J.D. Martinez. But let's face it, the guy's going to be the MVP of the league. Right. Year. He's hitting home runs off everyone. And I guess what? Really very impressed two, with him. Two of, those three, two of those three runs came in the first inning, and he really settled Seven, in. Yeah. And he gave this offense to, uh, more opportunities than anyone else so far to keep going out there and to try and put up runs and, and give them a win. What you wanted to see out of him yesterday was to compete, not have the Yankees be in the bullpen in the second inning, and give them a chance to win the game. I, I really liked his composure. I thought he I, he seemed very level-headed. He seemed confident. Um, there were talks, and Aaron Boone said he even thought about it, to put Higashioka behind the plate yesterday because they have a good, a good rapport, you know, a lot of history. But um, I thought him and Romine did a great job. Apparently, Adams was, was with Romine before the game for a long time, going over a lot of stuff. And I think that's where Romine's really great with these guys. Um and I thought he did a phenomenal job given the circumstances. The only thing that I didn't like about him, he didn't get scared after the Moreland home run, but he got a little nervous after the Martinez home run. He lost a strike. He, yeah, he did get a little flustered. But he got out of the and inning. And then he got out of it. Which he got he out of it. Himself, which I did like. To which see. they were saying in the post game. You know, you like to see a young kid out there again, given the situation, who hits adversity and shows that he can overcome it. And a lot of a lot of guys, Sonny Gray, who's been in the league for five, six years, he struggles with that. Guys who have been in this league for a long time struggle with that. So to see a kid who came up and was put in Fenway Park during all this and, and was able to overcome that is very telling for me. And I and I you know what? I think you can honestly now attribute his failures this year to that injury. And I think he's really on the upswing again. And I think he may be a valuable piece to this team. He could be, a, what we saw yesterday, he can be a very competent number four star. Yeah, with, with room for improvement. He could end up being a, a good three guy. So if, you, if my rotation next year is Severino, Tanaka, Sheffield, I need another top guy. Adam's got to go get me somebody. Is Montgomery even going to be available at the start of next season? He He should be. He'll be in this room. He should be, but do you really want a rotation where you have Sheffield? Yeah, I mean, maybe. But if you're going to fumble, if you go out there and make a blockbuster trade in the offseason, Corbin's not the answer. I know. I I do not like Corbin for this team. He does not throw hard enough, but he will be on the Yankees next year. If you make me a blockbuster deal where I can have that, that number, that legit ace with Severino or a, a real solid number two guy with Severino and Tanaka is my three with Sheffield in the four spot. Yep. It's not a bad rotation. It's not a bad rotation. It's really not. But, I mean, as more time passes, are, are we going to see what Sheffield's made of in 2018? No, I think that ship has sailed. Honestly, yeah. I think it's still. Yeah. And it's not. Which is unfortunate. It's not really unfortunate because I keep saying it. The I think he has certain expectations from him. And if he's. And he still. He might have had one of his better starts of the year as last time. I still walked four guys. This is something the Yankees want to see him improve upon. Mm. 
I, I think when you're a club who has so many question marks in this rotation right now, it's worth the risk. Uh, I don't, I see. Yeah, but like we brought up earlier, this is just the beginning for this team. Yeah, so you're right. You want to rush no, you're somebody right. if you don't necessarily have to. Right. Would he help this team right now? Yeah, sure. But can he help them more down the line if he's more developed? I think so. I think Chance Adams, I would not be opposed to seeing him get another start. I just Me don't neither. see where it's happening. If they already announced Lynn's taking great spot and Hap's only missing one start. Well, do you, I mean, do you, do you evaluate Lance Lynn's performance? Start to start? Start yeah. to start. I mean, wouldn't Chance Adams have been sent down at this point by now? That's what I was looking for. You know? I mean, wouldn't I they have announced? No, I think they're kind of waiting to see probably how, if Hap's going to be all right to make his next start because his yeah, symptoms think, were a bit worse than they thought. He's getting, yeah. He had like blisters on his fingers and stuff. So right. They're probably just waiting to see if Hap will be I just ready. don't understand how two grown-ass men get hand, foot, and mouth disease. Both New York teams. But, uh-huh. but I mean, in if, the Yankee clubhouse. If Lance Lynn goes out there and gets grass. If Lance Lynn goes out there and gets lit up and only throws three, four innings and gets and gets lit up, looking for somebody else now because are you are you going to say to yourself, hey, this kid gave us a friggin' great performance? Then you got to readjust the rotation because Adam's not on that day to pitch, right? I know, so you got to figure something out, but they'll make it work. I think Lance Lynn, and it's no, you know, it's it's not really fair to him to say, but he really is start to start. I think right now. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna replace Sonny Gray with Lance Lynn if Lance Lynn's gonna do the same thing as Sonny Gray. Fine, okay. So Sonny Gray can replace Lance Lynn. <laughs> no thanks. That being the case. No, no thank you. Adam right? Taking it. No back. thank it you. Would be Gray taking his spot back. From no Lynn. thank you. No. All right. Last thing I want to bring up on the show today is uh, CC Sabathia. I'm very disappointed in the big fella. I know how great he's been, and I don't want to. Talk bad about him, but he's been struggling as of late. And Thursday was a huge game for the New York Yankees. They needed to set a tone in this series, and he didn't do it. He did not do it. The team staked him to a three nothing, and then a four to one lead. He couldn't even get. He got through three innings, and then he went to, and then they went directly to the bullpen. Here's what I brought up to you guys before we started the show. I would not be opposed to dropping Sabathia out of the rotation at this point because. He has not been getting deep into games, but more importantly, what I thought, if this is going to become the new thing to do in baseball, Sabathia becomes an opener and not really a starting Yes, pitcher. a lot of people are, uh, you know, starting to do this now, and I can't argue you there. I think you're seeing a guy who has really been phenomenal for this team, but his age his injuries, they're starting to add up now. And I think he's, I mean, everyone's attributing the humidity and all of that to his tiring Thursday night. But yeah, I get it. But do you really want a guy on the mound who's not going to be able to fight through humidity right now? I mean, you really, again, just like with Sonny Gray, you got to think about the, the, what these guys are doing to the rest of the team. Maybe this could be a spot where you see your precious Justice Sheffield. Maybe. That, because you want to limit, they're also probably going to want to limit Chef's innings, right? Right. So if you tell Sabathia, listen, you're the opener now. You go once through this lineup and that's it. You're done. 
and then you bring Sheffield in to get through the lineup one time to piggyback right. uh, uh, CC. Then you can go. Then what are you probably? Hopefully, you're in the fifth, sixth inning by then. You can go to your big guys in the bullpen. Right. It's not a bad idea. I don't think it is. No. I don't think it is at all. Yankees actually had a four nothing lead in that game. I thought they scored another run before Hicks hit the home Yankees, run. Yankees scored three in the first. Boston went scoreless, and then Yankees added another run. I guess that was the Hicks home run. Yeah. It was four nothing, and then oh, was it four nothing? Boston got one in the second, one in the third, and eight in the fourth. Well, here's something too that you brought up, Rye, that I I want to bring up real quick for you. Um, will the Yankees? Do that to CC Sabathia, right? I said before, that's something that CC would have to approach them about. But I kind of disagree. I think the Yankees can handle it well enough where they know he's there for the team more than he is for himself and, and speak to him. But that does, you know, kind of put a, put a damper on your idea there because I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't do that to this guy who's been there for them since 2009. Pitching his guts out every single time out. Maybe they, maybe they would be weary of the idea of just saying, "Hey, you're done. You're out of the rotation." But if you if you put it to him the right way and and show him his value of what he could be as say an opener or whatever, then I don't think CC's going to take that as disrespectful. I think he would take that, you know, as him helping the team in in another he way. Definitely has the mindset of right. You know, he wants to win. He came back this year because he wants to win. He doesn't want this team to win without him. I'm going to keep saying things about wanting to pitch next year, but I really think you got to just cut the cord. He's, yeah, he's, he's not man. a Yankee next year. No, there's no way. There's no way. All right, so we could be really facing the end of the road here tonight. Now nah, we're facing yeah, the end of the well, race. We're good. Well, listen, everyone's looking at this game – and myself included for a short amount of time saying at this point, you know, this game's a, a throwaway. Like whatever, they lost three, but no. They need to win tonight. No, they have to if win. if not if for not, the no. if not for the division, yes. A to to now keep this only four game lead in the wild card, the top wild card spot. But this team needs to get back on track. This game is more important than the American League East. Yes. They, the Yankees just need a win for their psyche. But I said it, that this would be the perfect topping to the shit sandwich that the Yankees have been eating all weekend, that David Price is going to go out there and throw an eating in gym tonight. And yeah, they, that would be very bad. Well, my wife said to me, she goes, oh, David Price pitching tomorrow night, though, so they'll win. And I was like, you know what? After these three games... I can very well see David Price coming out and just shutting the door. I don't see it, man. He is such a bad pitcher, my eyes. I don't know. He can't pitch. We'll see. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I what I do feel confident in right now, and that's Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, and that's and I and I and I hope he I hope he proves me right. Um, But I do have a lot of confidence in him right now, and um, you're seeing his movement is. Crazy. I think in in his entire time here with the Yankees, his splitter has never been this good. It's just dipping. It is so unbelievably unhittable. Unhittable right now. But I'm telling you, outside of that Miami game that we were at, he's been oh, really he started good that game here. Yeah, fourteen to one. Whatever they got blown out, something nine like to one. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking of the Boston score. 
Um, he's been good. He's been really good this year. He's got three. He has. Four and you know what? Here's what I'll say just to, just to end my time here this episode. Masahiro Tanaka has been a guy who was brought here, paid a lot of money to be an ace for this club, and he, and he really fell short, in my opinion. But you're looking at a guy now who we're starting to, to see the guy that the Yankees saw in him, where he was dominant in the wild card. He was really good in the wild card game against the Astros a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. They didn't lose that game because of him. And then last year, he was the Yankees' best pitcher in the postseason. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yeah. And now you're seeing a guy who, when everyone else has been struggling, is really stepping up for this team and throwing really, really well. And I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. And I think he's going to go out there and throw a really nice game tonight. And if the offense will show up tonight, I think the Yankees have a good chance to win. Will the offense show up tonight? I think so. But it would yeah. just it would be, like you said, the icing on the cake for David Price to come out and throw eight innings of... Stanton will hit home run. I don't. I don't know, guys. We shall see. I just. But it's it's an important win. Yeah. Not just because it's the Red Sox, but because I this team they, this team needs set, to. Even if they win tonight. They're six games out in the lost column. I'm not even. This team just needs to get better. Get back to playing better baseball, and then you know what? If come uh, when they don't play each other again till September 18th, and then you know what? If you play better baseball and Boston stubs the toe a little bit, and and then. Come then, you're within shouting distance, then yeah, we can think about the division again. But right now, this team just needs to go back to right. playing winning baseball. And you know what? And you know what? Aaron Boone says this all the time, and I and I really believe it's the truth. They they're not I mean, in the back of their minds, yeah, they're thinking we're not gaining any ground, we can never gain ground on this team, they don't lose, whatever. But at the end of the day, I, I do believe that the Yankees the Yankees, of course, want to win the division, but that's not affecting how they're playing they are going out there every day and just trying to win so as fans it's easy to say you got to stop thinking about the division now they're never going to stop thinking about the division but the only way they're going to ever get there is by taking it game by game and winning and right now they're not winning whether they're thinking about the division the wild card golfing come october they're just not winning and at the end of the day they need to win and tonight that can start back in this clubhouse, giving them a winning way moving forward. Okay. I think that's very fair. So. Like you said earlier, they just got to get back to winning. Just win series. Take two out of three. Take two out of three. Take two out of three. Yep. Just keep doing it. Keep building. Adding wins. Adding wins. And then you know what? If you're over 100 wins at the end of the year and Boston wins 112-113, okay. The domino effect starts tonight. But they got tonight. They have to win. This has nothing to do with the American League right. anymore. Yep. The Yankees just need to get back to that winning feeling, playing a good, crisp baseball game, getting a good pitching performance, scoring some runs, and getting on a plane, and and w- after winning a ball ball game, right. they're going to play a really bad team in Chicago tomorrow. Yep. So they need to have some. Uh, it's weird to say they need to have momentum to go play the White Sox, but they need to have. Some type of momentum yeah. going in there because this thing can really spiral out of control right now. I agree. All right, guys. So uh, episode sixty-three, 
Got any uh, got any guesses of uh, number sixty threes for New York Yankees? Nick Rumble. Rumble. That's always your guys. Nick answer. Goody. That's always your Brian answer. Brian Bernie. No. Did Therese ever wear sixty three or seventy three? He did not wear number sixty three. Give it to us. There not? is uh, Jonathan Albuadejo. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Zoyo Almonte wore sixty-three. Oh, boy. Chris probably not related to Zach Britton wore sixty-three. Ooh. Uh, no. No, no, he did not. Uh, you guys, remember Jose Perella? Yeah, very briefly. Yeah, he, he wore uh, Mason Williams. Yeah. Oh, he was only with the club for twenty years. Here's a here's a trivia question. Who scored the game-winning run in Derek Jeter's final game at Yankee Stadium? Mason Moon. That was Anton Richardson. Oh, uh, yeah. And he wore 63. Mm. No. Uh, who else do we have here? Oh. Gary Sanchez before Gary Sanchez. Nice. In that in that couple game call-up he got a few years back. Who was the guy last year who wore six, uh, last episode he wore 62 before he... Was somebody Posada? Yeah, I think it was Posada. Do you know who I was talking about? Gary Sanchez. Before Gary Sanchez. Oh. Oh, Chris Stewart? No. Who was their who was their can't miss catching prospect before Gary Sanchez? Oh Jesus. Jesus Montero. Yes. Jesus. My boy. My boy. What's he doing now? Not eating. He I don't want to wait. I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> uh that's it, right? Um, yeah. Yankees haven't been out. There's no nothing else, right? Oh, that's the other, that's the other thing. Last thing, real quick. Yankees traded for Giovanni Urshela yesterday, and people were freaking out on Twitter about, "Oh wow, now they win the World Series!" Like being sarcastic and shit. It's it's not a big deal. He literally traded him for nothing. Right. He gave up some cash for him mm-hmm. for a guy that's not a free agent. What do we look up? He's not a free agent until 2021 20, 20, or something. 2022, like that. I think. That has major league experience was a third baseman on a playoff team last year. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a good depth move. What did we talk about all episode? Experience, experience. That is a big key to success. They brought in a guy who has some experience, especially in the postseason from last year. So I mean, so you know, it's not a bad move. Now, like, oh yeah, that's is big. he going to turn the tide? No. no, he probably he might not even see the Yankees until September. But but what if? But for people that were like all bent out of shape, right? Already, relax. Calm down. Relax. Oh boy, it's just—I know it's hard to be positive right now. But everybody's just got to take a step off the ledge. It's still just baseball. It's still this just team could still go on a ten-game winning streak, and then everyone's going to be saying they're the best team I've ever seen. It's still just four games. We just, I just they need a streak. They need a streak. Yeah. They, they need a streak. They need to win nine out of ten. They need to win ten out of fifteen. They need to start gaining that momentum again and being, you know, has to start reaching now. high water marks again. Now they're four back from their high water mark. That's not Which good. Was only last week, right? So. so, so you need you need to get back to your winning ways. And it has to start. And tonight. it has they to start tonight. To, they have to put one in. The it has out. to start tonight. All right. So that should conclude episode 63 of the NYY Sports Talk Podcast. Hopefully you'll have time to fit this in before the game tonight. We'll be releasing this this afternoon sometime. Um, 
Definitely check out the description to this pod for the links to our social media accounts. Uh, we're not sure when we'll speak again. The Yankees are playing all night games next this coming week uh, when they go to Chicago. Right? We, yeah, we'll right? we'll get you when we get you. They go. They're going to Chicago, and then uh, home for four against Texas. We're going to be in the building uh, to present the check to Mallory's Army on yes. Sunday. So, mm-hmm. uh, if you haven't donated yet, please do so. Uh, Saturday would I would say would be the last day for us to be able to get the money into them in time. Yeah. Obviously, if you order something on Sunday, we're not going to keep the money. We'll still give it to them, but it would be nice to have all the donations yes. in by Saturday. Um, so. I would guess we could probably do a pod after the game on Sunday. Again, no guarantees on it. Yeah, we'll figure give, it out. Just to give the fans a heads up of what's going on. Uh, that guy, Rye. Do you know Trevor Cahill has a 3.39 ERA this year and 12 starts for the Oakland Athletics? No. He's back. That guy's been around since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. And Edwin Jackson's pitching well for them, too. Who? Edwin Jackson is pitching. Is he still in the league? He's pitching Wasn't very he with the well Nationals? for the Oakland Athletics right now. Didn't he pitch a no-hitter where he walked like nine guys? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Against yeah. the Rays? Yeah, he was the probably. But that's I just, I'm shocked. Trevor Cato. So is that your new sign-off? You're going to give me yeah, some random stuff? I might just call you I call some Cahill uh, stats. All right, fine. Goodbye. Thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry, Chris. Gimmick infringement. <laughs> Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. <laughs>